Welcome home, church. So glad that you're joining us today. If you don't know me, my name is David, and I'm your lead pastor here at Community Life. Just so excited to continue this conversation we started last week about who God is leading us to become in this new year, 2021. New year, new you. Hey, if you're taking notes today, we're going to be all over the New Testament, so stay sharp. But primarily, we'll be hanging out in Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 14. Also, if you're taking notes, building on the message from last week, today's message will be called, How to See the Other Side. How to See the Other Side. Let's pray as we get started. Jesus, we believe that you're real, that you're good, that you love us and you lead to peace. We ask that you would just open our eyes to your presence today that we might leave here changed. God, there's so much happening in our world today. And so, God, we just ask that you would continue to grow us and lead us into who you want us to become. And Jesus, it's in your name that we are watching and that we learn and that we read. And it's your name that we pray. And we all said, amen. Amen. So when I was a kid growing up in the Midwest, I, I lived in the city of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Some of you know this. But Oshkosh is a city that's positioned right where the Fox River meets Lake Winnebago. Take a look for reference. Awesome. And Lake Winnebago is a pretty good-sized lake. It's like 10 miles across, 30 miles long. And, and growing up there, the school I attended was actually right on the water, and so for recess or gym class, we'd, we'd regularly go down to the shore trying to see the other side. And you could. You could see across the lake. You could see where the water hit the horizon and the trees and those little towers with the blinking lights to keep planes from running into them. On a clear day, um, there was this state park right across the way called High Cliff, this incredible place to go hiking and, and, and camping. You could see it. You know, from one side, you could see the other. One side, you could see the other. And this was my experience with lakes. You look across, you can see the other side. Now, okay, fast forward a couple of years. I moved to Minnesota to finish school. I meet my wife, Rebecca. We get married real quick and then move back over to Oshkosh to start a church. Well, one day, um, we take a day trip, right, from Oshkosh up to this little place called Door County, Wisconsin. It's a sweet little Scandinavian vacation spot in the northeast peninsula of the state. Kind of like if Cape Cod had a baby with Solvang. That's what Door County is, okay? And it's incredible. So we're up there. We're driving along the coast when we pull over to take in the sights. And listen, I don't know if you've ever been to any of the Great Lakes, but I tell you what, if you didn't know any better, you would assume that you were looking out on the ocean. I mean, it is 120 miles across Lake Michigan. This is a massive lake. It's so big, there's actually a tide with real waves. I mean, people surf in Lake Michigan. It's so big, but... Anyway, here's Rebecca and I. We're standing on the shore looking out at this lake. And, and even with our best efforts on the clearest day, there was just no way we could ever see to the other side. And we tried. The distance was just too great. Still, the reality is there was another side where we stood in Bailey's Harbor, Wisconsin, as we looked upon the water 120 miles away. We would eventually find Glen Arbor, Michigan, 
We would. It's, it's there, another city with a shore on the same lake that just like us, if someone was there looking back in our direction, would also have no ability to see us, even though we were there. It would be next to impossible, next to impossible from their position to see the other side. Now, okay, enough backstory. What am I getting at here? Good question. What I need you to understand today is the greater the distance, the harder it becomes to see the other side. The greater the distance, the harder it becomes to see the other side. Lake Winnebago, 10 miles, no problem. Got it. Lake Michigan, 120 miles, impossible without a telescope. Now, picture the Pacific Ocean. The Pacific Ocean, from Los Angeles to Japan, 5,400 miles, totally out of the question, right? Totally impossible. Still, we have people on both sides of the body looking out on the same water, but from different positions. Same water, different shores, with people seeing what's in front of them from vastly different perspectives. And again, the division only grows with the distance. The division only grows with the distance. And I, I hope and I pray this imagery, this analogy is making sense this morning because, man, this div- the reality of, of division and distance sounds exactly like what we are experiencing in the world today. Exactly as our world is becoming exponentially more partisan and polarized. Seriously, I, in my 39 years, and I, I know I'm only 39, but in my 39 years, I have never experienced anything quite like we're facing in America today. It's like one escalated reaction after another as justice shifts from, from restoration to getting even to retaliation with civil unrest and police brutality, a global pandemic, an economic recession. There's skyrocketing cases of of anxiety and depression and substance abuse and suicidal ideation. While we're safer at home, we see destructive political rhetoric and claims of voter suppression, censoring opposing voices for the greater good while allowing other toxic incitement of violence to continue. I mean, come, Lord Jesus, come, right? Come, Lord Jesus, what a mess we are in. What a mess. And and, and don't get me wrong, there are some very real traumatic injustices and manipulations and lies that have happened this past year, no doubt, that, and they need to be They need to be addressed and corrected. They need to be addressed without a doubt. But listen, far more often than not, far more often than not, I believe the real tragedy of where we are today. I believe the source of where we are in this cultural moment that only goes on to feed itself. The tragedy is the growing inability of people to see the other side. The tragedy we find ourselves in today is the inability for people to see the other side as the distance swells between shores of ideology. We become so focused and rigid in our view of what's before us 
So much so that we, it's, we don't even just disagree on what the water is like. We actually demonize and criticize anyone with a perspective that doesn't come from our position on the shore. We assume that the way someone else experienced the waves couldn't possibly be right because the tide didn't move us the same way. But listen, this is not the way of Jesus. This is not the way of Jesus, so it cannot become the way of us. We must be a people of vision and compassion, willing to sacrifice our opinions, our positions, our emotions, so we might see, so we might see the other side. So we might see the other side. This is the way. Now, please don't confuse what I'm saying because, listen, in our, in our efforts to see the other side of situations, I'm not saying that we are to abandon our confessions of what we believe to be true about Jesus. I'm also not saying that we need to dismantle what we believe uh, to be eternal from the scriptures. And finally, I'm not saying that we need to cast aside our convictions that the Holy Spirit has, has, in, has given us that are in line with the word of God. Absolutely not. All I am trying to say, real talk, from me to you, all I'm trying to say is that when we look to the scriptures, we see God issue a priority of empathy. God issues a priority of empathy seen in the practice of laying one's life down for the good of another. A priority of empathy to see the other side. Check this out from the scriptures, just to cite a few. First Peter chapter 3. It says, finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Second Corinthians chapter 1. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us, and one more, one more from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So much Bible, but it's so worth it. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 22. To the weak I become weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. And this is it, right? This is it. Listen, God, all throughout our Bibles, but even more so in the way he chose to live among us, God commands us to see the other side. God commands us to choose to be a people of empathy. To be a people of empathy, even toward people you disagree with. Even toward people that are different than you. Even toward people 
that, that are shouting you down from the other shores and even toward people that hurt you. God is commanding us to be a people of empathy. God expects us, even as others create division in the world, he expects us to make peace, to bridge the distance, leaving our spot on the shore to see from their side so they might see from ours. To see from their side so they might see from ours. What a challenge, right? What a challenge. One more time from First Peter. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. Hmm. Paul, the apostle Paul, he expands on this in, in Romans 12 when he echoes the counterculture words of Jesus we heard earlier from Matthew chapter 5. Paul writes this, He says, bless those who persecute you. Can you believe that? Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. This is the way. This is the way, regardless of situation or circumstance, independent of any other passion or preference, we must choose to become a people of empathy. We must choose to become a people of empathy. Don't waste your witness trying to be right about things that don't point to Jesus. Instead, let us all contend on God's behalf to see the other side. See the other side. But oh, Okay. Okay, yeah, we, we need to be people of empathy. Got it. But that's a lot easier said than done, right? Easier said than done because, at least for me, I want to be right. I want to be right. I want to feel heard and justified in my views of what I see. I want people to respect and agree with my experiences and my beliefs. And so how am I supposed to just let it go? How am I supposed to just see beyond my own limited understanding. How am I supposed to let it go? Well, I've got three things from our scriptures today that I think will help us not only become more faithful and empathetic, but also, honestly, that it'll help us live lives of greater joy and contentment, even when things seem to be spiraling out of control. So we've got three things. I want to run past you quickly um, and write these down if you're taking notes. The first step from the scriptures to being a a person of greater empathy is first, to get over yourself. Second, is to honor the other. And third, is to work for peace. I'm going to say that one more time. Get over yourself, honor the other, 
and work for peace. Start with get over yourself. Here we go. When I say get over yourself, I recognize that it might come across a bit harsh and a bit aggressive. Well, good. We all need to hear it. It's all throughout the scriptures. We all need to hear that we are not the absolute authority for all things. And our emotions and experiences don't mean we're always right. We all need to get over ourselves. Paul says it like this in Galatians 6, starting in verse 3. He says, if you think you're too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. And again, in Romans chapter 12, don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think that you know it all. Amazing, right? Amazing. Get over yourself. You're not that important. Okay, but how how does this actually play out? How does this play out? Well, when you begin to feel or sense attention towards someone that thinks or believes or sees the world differently than you, the first step in seeing the other side of being a person of empathy is to pray. It's to pray, to pray that God would humble you and give you an empathetic heart to love them more. That's where this first step begins. Seriously, it's that simple. Pray and ask God to to help you remember that you don't know everything. And the things you do know, they all still exist in submission to Jesus and his way anyway. So you need to pray. You need to pray that God would humble you and give you an empathetic heart to love them more. Now, all right, let's put it into practice. Put it into practice. And I'm going to really dig in here. Um, When you think about what's been happening in our country over the past couple weeks, when you think about the impeachment of our sitting president and the violence that occurred at the Capitol, what comes to mind? What comes to mind? Are you, are you thrilled about what happened? Are you terrified? Are you angry? Are you confused? Yeah, whatever it is, whatever it is, as you consider all that's happening, instead of spiraling out of control on one side or the other, creating more and more division the further you go, you need to start with prayer. And you need to pray that God would humble you and give you a greater love for those that disagree with you. I know this is tough, but you need to pray that God would help you see the other side. Not that God would change them, but that God would change your heart toward them. This is the first step. We must put ourselves second if we want to live lives of greater empathy. We must put ourselves second to be people of empathy. Great. Easy, right? Let's move on to step two. As we humble ourselves, we must honor the other. This is step two. Honor the other. And when I say honor, I, I'm not saying that we need to validate or, uh, or agree with all of their opinions and their decisions. I'm not saying that we need to come alongside every position that they have. Not, not at all. Rather, that we would simply acknowledge and treat them as real people created in God's image. That we wouldn't perpetuate the tension that exists or escalate the differences, pushing them further and further away, 
but instead actively desire what's best for them. That we would honor the other. And we see this in Matthew chapter 5 and Romans chapter 12. Check it out. Matthew 5, Jesus says, You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. Romans 12, 14, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. We need to be people of honor that pray even in the midst of adversity and division. We need to pray that God would bless them, that God would bless those on the other side, that God would bless them, not by giving in or helping them win, but instead by opening their eyes to his presence. This is the greatest honor we could ever hope for another, that they would come to know God. And this blessing is something, as we humble ourselves, this blessing is something as we embrace a posture of empathy. It's an essential longing for all who believe toward those on the other side. Now, okay, let's bring it home again. Should be fun. Putting into practice the ability to honor another. Okay, when you think about the progressive left with socialistic leanings or the alt-right with white supremacist ties or Antifa or the Proud Boys, when you think about them, because I know you think about them, but when you think about them, when was the last time you actually prayed that God would bless them with his presence? When was the last time you prayed for President Trump or Nancy Pelosi or AOC or Ted Cruz or your ex-wife or your estranged father or your aggressive mean boss. Seriously, we must be a people that honor the other, even the undeserving, by praying God's goodness and presence into their lives. And this is number two. Before you actually do anything to bridge the divide that is, you must first get over yourself and honor the other. Then, and only then, after your heart is in a position to receive, it's then that you work for peace. And that's number three. Work for peace. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Have you done all that you can to live at peace with everyone? Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone, 1 Corinthians 9, to the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. And listen, I just, I love that image so much, don't you? To the weak I became weak, that I might win some. And I love it. I love it because this is literally what Jesus did for us. Jesus, he humbled himself, step one. He prayed God's blessing over his enemies, step two. And then physically came to us to bridge the division that we made with sin so we might live at peace with God again. Second Corinthians, Jesus met us in our, in our troubles so we might meet others in theirs to bring them the same peace that God brought us. This is the way. This is the way 
of Jesus. This is who God is calling us to become. So, as, as you think about this past year, you think about your own life. When was the last time you stepped into the differences so the other might see what you know to be true? When was the last time you sacrificed your pride and your preferences to make peace with the enemy? Because I just can't see another way around it. This is the expectation that God has for us. This is what God is calling us to. To the weak, I became the weak. We must be a people that work for peace. We must be a people who leave our secondary positions and allegiances and preferences on the shore so those on the other side might come to know the good news of Jesus. We can never expect the lost to know where to look to be found. We have to go to them. We have to go to them for that to happen. We must begin to look beyond our own bias, our own emotions and preferences, our own insecurities and frustrations, our own judgments and pain to see the other side. And I truly believe there is no important work for us to embrace in this hyper-polarized culture of contempt than this. So let us become, in 2021, let us become a people of empathy. Let us become a church of humility that without ceasing pleads with God to receive a greater love for the other side. Let us become a church of honor that chooses to bless our enemies by asking God to open their eyes to his presence. And let us become a church of peacemakers, you and me. Let us become a church of peacemakers that willingly surrender our own rights for the sake of the world. So the lost can be found, and the found can be free. This is the way. This is the way. Get over yourself. Honor the other. Work for peace. This is the way of Jesus and how to see the other side. Let us follow him into a life of empathy. Amen? Amen. I love you. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so grateful that you humbled yourself, that you blessed us, and that you met us to bridge the distance, to bridge the divide so we might be at peace with you. Jesus, we're so grateful for the priority of empathy that you place on your people. God, that we would go out of our way to see life from the other side so they might see life with you. Jesus, even in this moment, we ask that you would humble us. God, that you would bless our enemies and that you'd give us eyes to see the places we need to go to make peace. Jesus, this world is on fire right now and we ask that you would just give us the courage to be a people that don't 
fan the flames, God, but rather work on your behalf to extinguish any tension, any conflict, any division that exists. Jesus, we don't know where things are going. All we know is where you're leading us, and that is to a place of greater compassion, vision, and empathy. And so, Jesus, we are excited for where you're taking us, and we ask that you would just give us, again, the supernatural ability to step into this new way, to step into who you're calling us to become, a people of empathy, to see the other side. So Jesus, we love you and we thank you, and it's all for you that we have gathered and we sing and we give and we listen and we learn. Jesus, it's all for you. You are, you are the reason. And so it's in your name that we pray. And we all say.